Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 6, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the concept of world building. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration, though actually in hindsight, it will probably just be more of a first of three uh, episodes, like series. Uh, We're going to use world building as kind of a guiding thing for the next couple Let's Chats. So I don't know if intro advanced sessions are going to be as much as more of an excuse to make me and Green stop talking because this is something that we really (laughs) care about. Um, Before we go any further, Alfred, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the too legit to quit Green Eyed Music Lover. I may have a legit sticker on my blue Yeti right now. But do you have also crayons? Mm-hmm. I don't have any crayons, actually. I prefer color pencils. They they work much better. The Titan ate them all. Um, that too. <laughs> God. Yeah. If you if you're curious, you should go watch the stream archive because I might have broken myself with finding an old, old joke of a Titan armor. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, real quick, you know, like I said, this, this is going to be first of three, I know at least three of our next let's chats, uh, that is going to be kind of focused around the concepts of world building. So right now this, this particular episode or this particular week's topic is focused more on the overarching concept of what you mean, what we mean when we say world building. Um, and then the, I think it's next week. Next month's is going to be about NPCs, like build or populating the worlds. And then my plan is for the following month after that, so that would be May, will be about NPC dialogue, which is actually something Mm -hmm. that Green and I have had many, many conversations about. Um, So, yeah, uh, before I get into the thick of that, though, I do have a few uh, announcements that I have completely been dropping the ball on as far as lore network um so we have a couple of new podcasts that we have brought onto the lore network um and if you have not already listened to them or have gone out and found them we have them all linked up on our website if you go to the lore network you can actually select uh the to see all the contributors which includes the authors which also includes podcast and youtube channels we have them broken out for all that but the uh the two new ones are the guardians of lore team and uh the spinfoil podcast uh which is uh the guardians of lore is orchid elemist 
Miss Hyven and Hyven. Uh, and they have they're they're a little bit more lighthearted and really fun to listen to. Uh, they do I think they do weekly. I know they drop yeah, their episodes they do. on they Friday. Drop on Friday morning. Okay, okay perfect. Uh, Spin foil is kind of a um, it's Taylor B and Bagels. Uh, f- uh, Taylor B is actually in our Discord uh, chat, and Bagels I think is predominantly over on the Destiny Lore subreddit. I believe is where he's he's predominantly located. Um, but they do basically very very focused uh evaluations of different theories so they do one theory each week and it's usually about a 20 to 30 minute episode in which they kind of tackle like a specific theory that's very 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 focused and so intro is not it's not an intro level like you have to understand some of the basics of lore before you jump in there but like for example um the one one of the ones that they did recently was uh is Tanix uh is Tanix actually the same person or is Tanix a title? Or did Rasputin actually shoot the traveler? Was it was by one the that way my Zavathun theory is supposed to make a debut on their show as well. Nice. Yes. Eva Levante is Zavathun. <laughs> That's not surprising and I'm definitely interested to hear their take on their their theirs is a fun theirs is a fun one to listen yeah, to as well. It's it's fun, but it definitely has a little bit of academic aspects behind yes. it because they're going to not only just like dissect the academic merits of it, like why it theoretically is possible, but also like possible disproving aspects mm-hmm. of it as well. So they they do have a lot of fun with it as well as just diving into some of the different theories that have made prominence within Destiny uh, Reddit, Destiny Lore Reddit in particular, as well as throughout the Twitterverse. I know Beard's theories have shown up on there, Mine's throwing up on there, Bife I think has shown up on there a few times, so they're diving into a bunch of different things, which is fun. Yeah, and they, they yeah, I've, I've talked with Taylor quite a bit about helping them get set up on like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to see that, but yeah, if you guys haven't checked them out, definitely going to have to, uh, do that. Um, the other thing I wanted to throw out there is we have gotten a couple more authors. So, uh, um, Informage has been doing a couple or a couple articles that have been making the rounds on the site. Uh, and then I have finally gotten my stuff together and I've started getting, uh, Rhino, Rhino with uh, Destiny Armory Defined. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got his stuff uh, actually consistently now coming out. So we will be doing that kind of as an archive purpose for him, and also to kind of spread that knowledge uh, out a little bit more. Uh, but again, you know that's that's the point of the Lore Network. So if you guys do have any interest again in either writing or if you you know want to put together a podcast or you have a YouTube channel uh, and you want feedback, if you want help uh, spreading the word, or if you just want to contribute to a group, you know we are always looking and we're always welcoming new new people who want to explore lore. And it doesn't have to be just Destiny. Um, I wanted to also reiterate that it can be anything. I know I have a couple people who are there's there's two people who are writing Voltron articles. We have another article coming out about Midsummer, which is one of the recent horror movies that just got dropped. I think about uh, six months ago. Um, 
Uh, and there's a couple more psychological pieces that I think Informage is working on as well for some other stuff. So we, we have pretty much the gamut. Uh, so if you have something, please let us know. Um, that So that's that's on the lore network side. Uh, as far as focus fire, uh, what I wanted to do also is I'm trying to think I've been I've been pestering green about doing stuff. Um, I want to put out a call because one of the things I was I was kind of just perusing stuff and I just realized we have never actually kind of gotten feedback on. So we have we have a group in the discord called the Catet of lore, which is where all the people who are either subscribers on Twitch or patrons on not patron, no, patrons on Podbean, they get access mm-hmm. to all of the unedited banner art uh, that we do every month. So or every week, every week we do the banner and I give them the uh, version that can be used as a wallpaper. Uh, we'll sometimes throw extra or early versions of maps and stuff like that up in there. Um, so if you're interested in that, please either jump over onto Twitch or, uh, Podbean has it as well, but we call that the Catet of lore. But I also realized I've never asked people and I, this is completely on me for not realizing it and dropping the ball on it, but I've never asked people, you know, when you think of focus fire community, do you have a term? Like I know green, we call your team the whip squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, I'm curious as to what we should call the focus fire group because i honestly have no idea so that's my I don't know. that's my request to the community i would like to hear thoughts on that because i want to refer to you guys as something other than you guys listeners listeners so yeah that's all i got that, that's really my special announcements for the day um cool but yeah, so I have a couple of just, you know, standard housekeeping notes, and then we're going to get right into it. Last episode, we discussed the lore book Revelation with Chatting Myth. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know what we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all who have already sent feedback or left us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted here, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. Our next topic is going to be an update to the discussion over the lore book Inquisition of the Damned. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in on the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. Okay, Green. Um, Okay. Where do we start? (laughs) So... World building. Let's start with yours as well as my 
personal history with world building. So where, what venue, what aspect have you done any world building in specifically for us personally, before we get into like the big outward version of world building? So for you, what is the arena that you have done most world building in? Uh, Tabletop role playing or play by post role playing games predominantly. Um, I do like I I've written I do have some with storytelling, but I definitely my my approach to world building is definitely more focused and more uh, palpable with role playing games because I mm-hmm. because that's just my approach. I I focus more on technical aspects of the world that I'm building. So a lot of the like ins and outs of things that when you're writing a story and we'll get into this, this is kind of the, the difference between uh, what's referred to as world building or world conceptualization. Um, I definitely am a world builder as, as far as my brain goes, because that's the stuff I focus in on. Um, But yeah, my, my predominant exposure has been to like, you know, physics, uh, geography, the culture, like the overarching mm-hmm. culture, uh, cosmology a little bit. Uh, I know that's a big element in a lot of fantasy, but I don't really delve too much into that because I'm more focused on like the actual culture and the society. Um, so like there's, there's aspects of cosmology that get involved in it, but not significant like pantheon level details. Um, and and I'm also pretty with RPGs. The nice thing about that is that you you can be pretty unapologetic about borrowing aspects from other RPGs. Uh, so if oh, you yeah. have something that I think, if you have something that works and that you've experienced, and you know, you know, like I I play a lot of the indie RPGs, um, or I have in the past, and so like I have my favorite magic system. I have my favorite you know combat system, and so you just throw those together and. You know, once you once you get intimately familiar with a lot of the systems, it's really not hard to kind of mix and match and merge them together where it's pretty seamless. I think that's one of the things that is most interesting about creation in general. And there are a lot of podcasts or studies done about the idea of creativity. I know that um, Hidden Brain did an, a recent, fairly recent within the last month podcast on it where they talk about the aspect of creativity being a a scaffolding effect. You Mm -hmm, don't necessarily mm -hmm. create something wholesale. There's nothing absolutely brand new out there. Everything is built upon something else prior. And that's true for stories. That's true for music. That's true for um, writing movies and plots and any sort of creative aspects or even inventions. Everything is built off of something prior before. You have different aspects that you tinker together and they build out into something entirely different. When it comes to role playing or when it comes to world building in general, you have ideas of even like Tolkien. Tolkien's I entire idea, entire world building concept was built off of the linguistics of these different cultures, which was borrowed from not only his own creation of himself, um, of the elven language, but also some of the aspects of the different languages tied into uh, Great Britain at the time. But for me personally, the, the thing that I have most 
connection with when it comes to world building is with role playing in general, not necessarily tabletop because I haven't done actually a lot of sit down and tabletop games. I've done a lot more role play story play with other people just via message board type thing and creating that aspect. So do you do more freeform? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, and the reason I ask is like when, when I talk about tabletop RPGs, um, I usually stick, I prefer the structure of like a dice system. Um, mostly because with the games that I'm designing for, uh, predominantly there's going to be very heavy combat and it's just the easy way to avoid the, you know, hurt feelings of someone pulling a God mode. Uh, yeah. So dice die. And that's, and that's kind of the next thing that I actually was going to kind of merge this into is like, you know, the approach of built to so, so well, like freeform freeform usually mm-hmm. has a concept of everyone who's involved. And I, I love freeform. Uh, it definitely play by post is definitely much more suitable for freeform. Uh, tabletop RPGs, freeform gets messy with tabletop because it's 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 just there's no structure inherently. Whereas with like a play by post, there's an inherent structure, or even a like a even um Discord chat, which still I my I I can't I can't process it, but I see people do it all the time. Um, there is an inherent structure that is ingrained into the delivery system that allows freeform to operate there. Whereas with tabletop RPGs, it's really difficult. Like we've done it. I've, I've done it and I've done it successfully a couple times, but you have to have a group that is really comfortable with each other. And you have to have a group mm-hmm. that is really um, mature as far as working as a cohesive unit um, which is where the dice system really helps kind of bridge that gap. Right. The d- I mean, dice... there's... Oh. Go, go for it, go for it. I mean, there's always people who are going to try to break the system, break out, right? Like, that's why you have Guilty. the dice there to help. Uh-huh. I mean, like, yeah. I, and I, I mean, that's I've the thing. I've done it, is, too. Like, that's I've why done it, that's, too. That's, I, th- I, I would argue that often that's why I actually make a decent builder is because I've spent so long as a player picking apart loopholes like i you know we we're kind of talking before we started recording when i play uh when i play rpgs i play a skill monkey is the kind of the mm-hmm. term which is basically a term for uh rogue characters basically characters who don't specialize in one particular thing but are kind of more of a jack of all trades and the benefit to doing that is there's a a particular um, approach that some people refer to as min maxing. Some people refer to mm-hmm. as, as what I kind of refer to it as is just loophole. Um, basically we find the, the people who do skill monkeys or min maxing basically know the rule system so well that they know that the synergy that exists between particular, uh, artif- or artificially constructed skills is such that if you you apply a certain amount of points to a certain skill, it will carry over in a beneficial way into another one, so that you don't have to worry about buying or spending spending air quotes skill points to get that. Um, well, it's like finding out that one two punch 
for shotguns works really well with the uh, arc strider with the mm, yes um, yeah with the uh liar's li- handshake liar's handshake right 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 it's so yeah it's finding yeah. out where the quote-unquote loopholes are where the synergy is between the the actual things it's not necessarily a loophole but it is the most optimum efficient way of creating a character or manipulating and using a character mm-hmm. it's it's a manipulation of established rules to create a advantage over not just the environment but also other characters which i mean again not to get into the the, dan- the dangerous argument of if that's breaking the rules because the point is is like it's not breaking the rules uh, especially in rpgs you can't break rules because your your person who's keeping the rules is a human being that's sitting across the table from you for a lot of times the dm you, like it's not like in destiny or in a or like fps where it's like oh i can glitch out over this no like you can't glitch through a, another person you, they usually notice you when you're like no i'm gonna do this no you can't do that so you have to you have to have like you know, you have to find that explanation, um, which is where, you know, a, the approach when you're designing a game kind of comes in because there's there's two predominant approaches, right? There's there's OK, I'm going to design a game or I'm going to design a world for a game, but there's also I'm going to design a world for a story. And, and right. there's and, those are two. And even within those, there are different nuances like games. It's like, OK, if you're going to design a first person shooter game, that's going to be significantly different world than if you're going to design a tabletop RPG or a TTRPG. Right. Um, and to be fair, those are both based off of a singular origin. That's not necessarily based off of a cooperative origin, which is more freeform play. Well, um, a tabletop can be cooperative. Right. But oh, no, no. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Like sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like my the RP posts that I do. Right. 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 Um, you're you're are collaborative. Co- yeah. Correct. Gotcha. So the, the primary things that we're going to talk about as far as the episode goes with the world building is going to be based from a single origin. It's going to be based from the quote unquote DM or GM aspect versus doing the freeform play, which is more of what I'm used to where you have multiple people within an instance telling a story together that are they each have aspects that they are able to affect on the world. So it's not just one person creating the, not just a setting or anything like that, but multiple people are creating the settings, multiple people are creating the interactions. And it is a joint venture that has both give and take as far as the flexibility of the adventure as well as the outcome there is a problem sometimes depending on who you're playing with on the aspect of min maxing versus keeping within a realistic role that everyone can agree on and i'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later but totally there's probably i would say more three aspects that we have available to us what do you think blue i would agree yeah you're because you're talking more and i mean i guess that to me in in my paradigm i i attribute mm-hmm. collaborative storytelling which is really in my brain what you were just talking about that's mm-hmm. more for um i view that as more for designing for writing a story which mm-hmm. it's it's a blurred line obviously oh yeah but like, very much so but when you have um a lot of times what you'll see with a lot of like uh fantasy novels is the the books that have two authors that's a collaborative story Correct. um whereas like you know i mean 
uh, Dark Tower, which you know comes to mind. Wheel of Time. Um, actually, Wheel of Time is a collaborative story now, but uh, mm-hmm. Dark Tower was is a single is a single point origin because it's all coming from mm-hmm. Stephen King. Uh, whereas with yours or with you know the Wheel of Time, it's now uh, I always I always forget his name. Uh, Sanderson Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson that and one. then Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan started it and then when he died, Brandon took Sanderson over. Sanderson finished Right. Um so yeah, that's that's to me those are derivative those are uh fragmentations of the the writing of story, whereas a game I would attribute more to like the base um underlying axioms of a tabletop RPG or the 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 code that you find within a first person shooter right which mm-hmm. i mean like even with collaborative storytelling well, there is a there is a, al- a a a single point origin in that you have agreed to stay within the confines of a, a certain set, a set of, of rules right there's a set of rules that are out there but within the rules you may have two different voices going on um as far as the collaborative storytelling, it's not collaborative storytelling in the way that I'm used to is not co- um, not conducive for a video game because it is based off of multiple perspectives, multiple aspects affecting the same world. It's not in some ways Destiny does that in so much as there are many writers writing for Destiny, mm-hmm. but at the same time there is still one driven point. Where they're right. all coming together and they're all driving to the same direction. Well, and that kind of goes into Gee's article, which I should I'll make yeah. a note to include because Absolutely. he talks he talks about article. oh god it's so good uh, he talks about you know how exactly what you're saying is like there's there's the different uh, collaboration behind the scenes, but then there's also the player experience and that's the predominant for video games especially that is the predominant piece that needs to be focused on um so like the player experience is that single point but there are the collaborative which is the fascinating thing about video games especially in today's world Mm -hmm. absolutely so Let's go into the more simplistic aspect of it and start talking about a little bit more of the basic aspects of world building and what it means to create a world from a single point origin versus doing the collaborative sense, which we can get into a little bit later, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely. But- so when uh, – and this is this is actually – Wikipedia actually has a – I have been surprised. Wikipedia has stepped up its game on some of these summaries. Um but according to Wikipedia has world building is the process of constructing an imaginary world, sometimes associated with a whole fictional universe. The resulting world may be called a constructed world or con world, developing an imaginary setting with coherent qualities such as history, geography, and ecology is a key task for many science fiction or fantasy writers. World building often involves the creation of maps, a backstory and people for the worlds or what we gamers will usually refer to or tabletop gamers will refer to as npcs i guess video games you also refer to or we also refer to them as npcs there as well mm-hmm. um world building often uh constructed worlds can enrich the backstory and history of fictional works and it is not uncommon for authors to revise their constructed worlds while competing while completing its associated work uh con worlds can be created for personal amusement and mental exercise or for a specific creator endeavor such as novels video games or role-playing games 
so that's that's again that's from wikipedia now it's pretty brief i mean that's a pretty broad <laughs> statement um basically what a lot of people do is like anytime i think Anytime you have come up with an an imaginary place, you have in your own brain created a world like that, that the imagination is so everyone can world build. Um, it's not something that you have to like, you have to draw out a map that has these five points or anything like that. And that's actually something I want to talk about later, maybe, maybe in the quote unquote advanced episode, but, um, you know, there's a large argument that uh, I think there's a large misunderstanding when you talk about world building that it has to be very structured. Um, oh no! And it really doesn't. And I'm, I'm I want to no, put a stake in that really early into this conversation. World building is when we talk about when I talk about world building, um, I am not talking about a formalized. Uh, structured now i use a formalized structure because that's what makes sense in my head but i also understand there's a there's a term that's kind of been introduced to me recently called world conjuring uh which Mm -hmm. is actually really cool uh it's a really really cool argument but against world building because apparently in the modern setting uh, there is a overarching argument that you shouldn't start writing a story until you have done your world building, <laughs> which I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that's that's a terrible idea because you'll never be done. You're never going to be done right. building a world. Like you're you're literally building a world. I mean, think so, about that for a second. <laughs> it's right. Not I mean, ever and, you finish. About, and you think about all the different aspects you would have to create, not only the maps and the economy and the magic systems and the uh, history fauna and flora and the history I mean, history and the alone is creationism gonna... aspect of it i mean there's so many different aspects like tolkien is a perfect example of creating a world that his story fits in right like he i don't know how much of his world was created as he was writing, which is that was, world conjuring, I mean, to be, to or be, if it was the other aspect I, of creating I honestly, the world before. I would argue that it was the former, because like the Hobbit, especially. I'm not. I'm not sure about Lord of the Rings, but I know with the Hobbit, that was a bedtime story. Oh yeah, he wrote it for his son. Like I mean, I don't even. I, if I remember right, I don't think it was written. It was. It was like literally. He kind of. It was on the fly. It's like Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's mm-hmm. Guide. Like, I mean, which is another, if you have not read the Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy, fix that, please. It's it's hilarious, amazing. But the thing to remember about it as you read it is that was written on napkins on a subway on his way to work. Like, that was his world building was he was just, I mean, so there there's a lot of these things that they, they, they created the world after the fact. Like they created, they they told a story. You know, with the Hobbit, they, they Tolkien mm-hmm. tells a story, and then he goes back and he fills in the gaps to make that story work. Which right. is which is and, not the formal idea that a lot of people think of when they think world building. I think. Well, I I don't know. I don't know if that's truly the case because, as far as. And I've not read a lot of biographies when it comes to the aspect of world building, but 
as far as creation of a world, you don't start, most people, I would say most people do not start with the idea of this is the economy, this is the magic. They may have a hook. You have right, a hook right. that that's you grasp the, onto. That's the argument is you don't like, that, I think that's the, like the, I think it's uh, electric the literature. The aspect. Yeah. Uh, electric literature has an like awesome article that we'll talk we're going to talk about because i i read this and i love the point that he that this author is this editor is making um but that's actually his his argument is like that's actually the the gatekeeping that is going on right now with authors is because there's this and i think veru said there's too there's a diagram that's been going around on twitter is like the structured narrative that you have to have this plan built before you start writing and it's like no you don't actually that's a terrible idea just write right. a story and then go back and edit it like that's that's right. how you should do it i mean you have you have an idea whether it's i want to make the magic system based off of this or i want a character with this kind of flaw you have that one idea that you start with and then you start writing to that that's that's how you write a story, in my opinion. Like, I have a character that I just started writing last night. I wanted to create a different character because I have a few different characters as far as OCs for Destiny. Um, I've played Petra quite a bit, so I have a character that's technically an NPC as well. But I didn't want to play Fedra anymore, who's my hunter character. I wanted to create a different character. I wanted to create a Titan. And I had this Titan, and the only hook that immediately popped into my head was a Titan who... A commanding officer needed a scapegoat and used her as such, so she has trust issues. That is my hook. And I'm going to start writing for her based off of that one piece of information. I'm not designing the world. I'm not designing her backstory until I have that one piece of information set in my brain, because that's where everything is going to stem from. That's where her motivation is going to come from. That's where a lot of her... um influences and emotion and her tone especially is going to come from just that one piece of information there's so many different aspects where you have writers who are like i need to create this entire world but their characters lack any sort of emotional connection because there's nothing that the writers are hooking to you there's mm -hmm. no emotional co uh, collaboration between the writer and the reader at that point well and i think that also goes to <clears throat> so like for for your example there is like i think the counter argument there would be well the world's already created right because you're writing in destiny and i mean that's true yes there's already a sure. basic understanding but the other thing is is and this is something that i have seen actually a number of times be very successful is people will start out with a story that is a fan fiction and then they get done with their story and they go back and they tweak it. And all of a sudden, it's not a fan fiction. It's its own world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, uh, I hate the words that are about to come out of my mouth. But that's the entire thing of the Fifty Shades of Grey story. Is that it was okay. started as it was started. At, uh, the only reason uh, I know the this. Fan fiction yeah, for Twilight. Yeah, it was yeah. started as a fan fiction for another equally terrible story. And then, Twilight. then it, then they went back and post and edit it so that it was arguably its own thing. And I mean, look, but and, and as much as I hate doing bringing that into this thing, look at the success that that thing has gotten. Like, I mean, it's not currently because it was literally 
no substance, but, but the success that it enjoyed, that was, that was all based off an, a flash in the pan, you know, as far as right, fan but fiction, that's the, but that's, but that's, that's what the I'm saying. Is, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. That was the aspect that I was talking about earlier and the fact that nothing that is created now is a hundred percent original. Correct. Everything right. is based off of something else. So even if the thing that a lot of authors and the thing a lot of um, writers have a mental block in is that they have to create something original. And that idea of the world original, oh, that yeah. word is so toxic to a writer in so much as you have to be completely – nothing has ever been written like that before. That's impossible because the way that language works is based off of scaffolding. Scaffolding, yeah. The way that well, our own learning is based off of scaffolding. So you are going to build things off of things you already know. That's how you write. That's how you express yourself as things of words and expressions and stories that you already recognize and mean something to you. You're just going to add your own twist to it. And that's how you write a new story. That's it's the not original coming part. up with a hundred percent. Yeah. That's the origin. That's the, that's your own flavor text. Originality is based off of the scaffolding of things prior. Right. Now, and actually, so I have two examples of things that are much more palpable to my, to my taste. Uh, okay. So first off, Tolkien, you were talking about Tolkien. Uh, mm -hmm. Hobbit is actually based off Beowulf. Um, mm -hmm. The entire story of Smog and the Golden Cup is verbatim what happens in Beowulf at the conclusion of Beowulf. It's a two-handed cup that gets stolen by a dragon, wakes the dragon up, who goes on to raise the town and destroy the, the surrounding area, and then gets killed by the hero. Like... That is exactly what happens in both those stories. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, there you go. Uh, the other one is Wolves of Kala from the Dark Tower series, where, not lying, there is Harry Potter technology brought in to this mm -hmm. entire scene. Like, there, he literally has uh, sneeches, is what he calls them, um, which are drone bombs that he uses as a, as a, in one of the battles. And it's literally got the the lightning bolt <laughs> from Harry Potter on it. Like, I mean, it's just and like and Dark Tower. It, it I mean, he he borrows from popular uh, culture all, all all the time in that. Um, you know, so there's there are examples of very popular, very very popular things where it's. I mean. And Tolkien, like I, the reason that's so glaring is I, I actually, we actually just got done reading The Hobbit to my, to my son, and I, I read that that particular chapter was one of the ones I was reading, and I was reading, it, and I'm like, I forgot about how just like this is Beowulf, like this is just this is a this is a little bit toned down version of Beowulf's death, like this is exactly what's going on. Oh yeah, uh, I I I just completely forgotten, and that's why it's fresh in my mind right now. Is because we had read it, and I think we read it last like last week or something. So, I think one of the funny things that you see, and this may be a f semi old aspect of what I when it comes to story writing, I was reading an article, and I read this a couple of years ago, which is why it's I'm feeling like it's a little bit old. That a lot of modern day epic writers. Robert Jordan, granted, he's a little bit older and now unfortunately deceased and passed, but um, 
Brandon Sanderson and I can't think of some of the others that are out there right now that are just those big, big names. They all base it off of the quote unquote Tolkien model. Mm -hmm. There's the aspect of that is being quote unquote cliche or not good, but to build off of a model like that, I don't think is necessarily bad if you can bring your own flavor to it or bring your own aspect to it. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to design an epic in such a way that isn't going to be cumbersome anymore. I think. Yeah. Especially with the hero's journal hero's journey theory and everything. That's a, that's a dangerous arc. And I think that's an arc that a lot of people default to because it's just an easy story. Um, right. I mean, it's designed out. You have Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. the gosh, just, I, I know a lot of people give Joseph Campbell a lot of grief for his idea of the, what is, what's the name of the hero? Do you remember uh, Blue? No, I just, I know that he's the hero's journey. That's what it is. The hero's yeah. journey. I just, yeah. It's, my, my problem with it is it's like, it's, it's one of the, it's it, the one problem that I have with it is that it's like well if you back out enough and to pull back and see the big picture I'm like if you back out that much you're missing all the points that's actually differentiating the story so of course they're all right, gonna but, fit the- right but that's the I mean that's the same thing as like astrology you have the oh, generalization yeah, yeah. that fits the aspect but the idea of creating a story where you have the the primary character and then you have the the wizard, I mean, in Tolkien's case, it's the wizard-type character, or the, the herald, I think is what Campbell calls it. The one yes, who comes yes. in and basically says that you need to move and do this instead of what you're doing right now, and you have the choice that you ha- that the main character has to make. There are aspects that follow that in many, many, many stories. I mean, Sanderson follows that in his Storm Stormlight Chronicles, The main uh, one of the main characters he has that desperate situation that he's in in his life. And then he has another character that comes in and says, basically, that this is not necessarily where you have to be. Now, granted, it's not a wizard character. It's not going to fix everything. It's not anything like that. But it's this character that gives him a choice that helps bring that choice to light. And there are aspects in a lot of really, really good epics or really good stories that have that same format but aren't necessarily built on the same. It's not like a Marvel movie. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it's going to have some of the similar flavors that you're going to recognize and be able to latch on to. Right. And I, I mean, I think that's also that can kind of dovetail back into like the actual world building stuff too. That's that ties into the argument between the top, what's referred to as top down outside in to bottom up inside out. Right. It's like a lot of times you will have this or or actually I mean it's even even more is is the concept of like it's referred to often as like the seven deadly sins of world building or the 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 basis of world building like you know the the checklist that you always want to do basically um which it, on a general it, it's it's the this the thing that's like you know it's it's on a general level yes it makes it's good to keep it in mind, but you don't need to, you don't need to become a rules lawyer about it. Um, you know, so like for, for instance, what's referred to, this is from the, 
I think it's IO, yeah, IO9 uh, Gizmodo. They have what's listed as the what they call the seven deadly sins of world building. Um, and this is basically stuff that like they're like, this is big mistakes. I will preface this with, again, this is stuff that I would say you need to go back and edit after you've written. Like, go back. So write your story. You know, if you're going to write, if you're writing a story, if you're building a game, you know, write the story for the game or write the story that you're writing and then go back and make sure you're not falling into these traps. But don't don't try to think about these before you start writing, because then it's just like what Green is saying earlier. It's going to become a technical novel. It's not going to become mm-hmm. a it's not a story. It's just you being a history novel. No one wants to read a history book. If they did, I they mean, wouldn't. There are some. Right, right. There if are they, some people who like to read that, but that's. I mean, but they're not going to be picking up. Between. They're not going to be picking up a fantasy book if they're wanting to read a history right. novel. That that niche is very, 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 very small. So, so whatever. If if that's the purpose of what you're writing, if you're, I mean, whatever. My point is, this is like editing stuff. It's like not thinking about basic infrastructure. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Not explaining why events are happening now. Okay, creating fictional versions of real life human ethnic groups that never go beyond one dimension fair creating monolithic social political cultural and religious groups inventing a history that is totally logical which that was that was actually a really fun one to read into i'll kind of come back to that one not really giving a strong sense of place like what it smells like after it's been raining which is an interesting one and then introducing some superpower like magic or insane tech without fully accounting how it would change society now that one that one actually i do think you should at least consider if you're writing a story or if you're designing a game, especially you don't want to create something that's going to break it (laughs) like that. That is a fair point now, unless, unless that's the point of the story. But yeah, I mean, it really depends on what your aim is for the story. Cause the story creating a story is based off of an emotional buildup, a overcoming of, um, conflict right and then a a denouement of resolution of the conflict that is the whole point of a story that is the most basic arc of a story but if you create a character that has no conflict the story is flat meaning if you create a character that's going to be ultra powerful there's no conflict that can touch them so there's no build-up for that character to grow because you need Correct, but you need right. you need growth. A character needs growth to be able to connect to the reader. That is the whole point of creating a story, is that you want to see a, a character not necessarily struggle immensely, but at least struggle in a way that is relative to the reader who is currently mm-hmm. reading it, whether it is trying to get a ring and overcome their own fears and overcome their own um, hobbitness into Mordor and to throw away the something something that has become precious to them over this time mm-hmm. versus a character who is Superman and doesn't have <laughs> I mean Superman is a terrible example because Superman has his own problems but well but Superman, he's not a terrible example because the whole reason that Superman <sighs> has his problems is because because the story of Superman's is creation Superman? is that he was he was one of the earlier superheroes and so they created mm-hmm. him as like the the kind of jack of all trades with superpowers and that's why if you watch if you read like Superman over the ages like that's why continuously they have to keep getting more and more outlandish characters to come back and combat him because it's like every time he it, it's the whole sort of truth situation every time he gets a 
he gets up against a villain that he hasn't, you know, he needs to learn a new superpower. He miraculously learns mm-hmm. a new superpower. Well, the problem then is, well, he already has all these other superpowers. So now he's got this arsenal of just like, you know, godlike right. powers. But if you think about Superman's stories, Superman's stories aren't necessarily about overcoming the villain. The villain is not the problem 90% of the time. It's overcoming it's his own otherness, right? his own alienness compared to um, Lois Lane or characters that he's trying to have a relationship with. It's becoming – it's deciding who he is in relation to other people at that point. So there is a there is a conflict that he's dealing with. It's not – necessarily the traditional conflict of overcoming a bad guy even though there's that aspect there his own emotional conflict is overcoming his own different aspects compared to everybody else correct and i think but i think that's also you know i know with superman and dc that's where the whole like very very um heated debate on batman or superman come in because batman is inherently a damaged character from the start whereas superman's like the inherently perfect character from the start he's not They're both but terrible like over characters let me just say yeah. that <laughs> i mean i this i is, can see this this is gonna be get me a lot of hate and i'm fine with that they're both terrible characters this is why neither character is emotionally vulnerable to other people. Maybe Superman slightly more, but Superman has so many superpowers that he can overcome quote unquote anything. Batman is so emotionally damaged that he cannot connect emotionally to anybody else. Not Selena Kyle, not anybody in the stinking universe. And I almost cursed right there. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm going to golf clap, golf clap. (laughs) Yeah. He's just, he's not a, I mean, they're both good characters in their own right, but they're both written in such a way that their emotional connection to an everyday reader is so tenuous at best that it is an idealized self that you're trying to see. Because that's the whole purpose of reading a story, right? You're wanting to connect to the characters in the story in some way, shape, or form, whether it's the main character or even a supporting character. You're trying to see yourself in the story so you can take yourself out of the reality of what is into the reality of the book or the reality of the world that has been created. And Superman and Batman are such terrible aspects of it. And I would, I would expressly say that a lot of superhero characters are such terrible aspects of it because they are so, so out of the box that it's hard for any character or hard for any person to truly connect to them. I would say there are a few that will connect specifically to you, but as an overarching thing for society, it is not a grandiose story that is going to connect to every person out there. And I'm going to get hate for that and I don't care. Love you guys. That's why one of my favorite portrayals of those two characters is from the Lego game, Lego movies. <laughs> because they play that up so much. And it's amazing. Oh, <clears throat> Lego Batman is hilarious, by the way. But anyways, so, mm-hmm. um, oh man, I mean, it, the thing is, is at the end of the day, I would, I would say, and I, I'm trying not to get into the, the debate against world building versus world conjuring. Um, the thing is, is like for, for building worlds, you know, if, 
if you're looking for inspiration or stuff like that, I think that it's really cool to do that. Um, you know, there are the two, like I mentioned, there are two approaches. There's like the top down in outside in or the bottom up inside out. Uh, there is a third, which is kind of like this combination of those two. And it's an absolute nightmare to do. So I'm not going to talk about it because it makes me really like, it makes me nervous talking about it. Cause I hate doing it that way. Um, but like what, what you'll see is like with, with tabletop RPGs, that these are really, really evident, uh, you either will build the world and then build down to the campaign that you're going to play or the mission that you're going to play, or you start with the mission and then you build the world around that as you need it. Um, the danger with number two or like the, the bottom up uh, version is that it can really introduce a lot of need for retcons because you're having to constantly deal with inconsistencies because you haven't thought about it. Um, the problem with number one, the first one, the outside in, is that you're if you're on a tabletop, especially, and this is like the most frustrating thing, and it has happened to me a lot as a DM, is you build this huge man's world and you have like everything in place, and then the players decide to go right instead of left. And it's like and and they completely basically I mean, I can't tell you how many worlds we have built and we'll never see the light of day. Because the game, the the group that we were playing with decided that they didn't want to do it, and like, and which is, I mean, as a DM, that's completely ex- that should be in the complete realm of expectations, and you just you have to roll with it. But like, it is frustrating. Um, now, for writing a story, the same thing applies. Like, you can write, you can write the you know the hook, like what Green you're saying with your your character with the Titan character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm that is kind of taking an inside out approach for the story. Uh, I am still an adamant argument or I still will adamantly argue that destiny has taken an outside end approach uh, because destiny one was really all about building the world, which is why we, you know, which is the number one complaint that a lot of people had about destiny one is like, well, there's no, there's no like story going on about blah, 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 which is complete but but the reason why is because they were really busy building the universe now now in destiny 2 you see this this muddying of waters as we've kind of talked about is the characters are getting populated now and we're starting to see the conflicts between these characters that were really always there but we were getting we were getting explained the larger rules of the game and now we get to see the npcs that exist within those rules um that's how I've always kind of taken the whole destiny construction. Uh, I mean, look at where we're at now. You have Osiris, a character who was only a a name and a story back in D1, right? Mm-hmm. Now approaching Rasputin and calling him out. Now Rasputin was also, in some ways, very, very early on, only a name and a story until we woke him up completely. And we didn't actually see him until D2 and Warmind when we finally got to Mars and to the Clovis Bray facility. But there are, there are a lot of player actors now available in Destiny. And there are a lot of open conflicts. I wouldn't necessarily say... I'm, there are story arcs there, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they are part of the necessarily main story arc with Destiny, but there are a lot of story open story arcs in Destiny. 
and a lot of player characters. And now the writers are manipulating a lot of those story arcs and a lot of those player characters together to create a singular story arc that is that meta arc over the whole thing. And it's interesting to see how they're doing it and whether or not what's going on with the Vex and Osiris and now the Cabal and the Almighty and Osiris and Rasputin and Anna and Zavala getting roped in. It's It'll be interesting to see how they create those they have those individual aspects and they're puzzling it together and how they move them together will be very very interesting to see how it works out yes (laughs) i'm gonna have to i i think i'm gonna have to call it because i i really want to get into the debate with world building reverse world conjuring um let's do it in the advanced episode. Yeah, I'm going to say we'll have to jump for that into the air quote advanced episode. So, um, oh, shout, shout outs, last comments for this for this episode, Green. What do you what do you got for us? My shout out actually goes to a really close friend of mine, uh, Raz. Raz just today. Now, this is uh, March 6th of 2020. For those of you who are in the future, she just had her last treatment for cancer today. And so she rang her final bell and she's out and she's got a new lease on life and she's really, really ready to go. So my shout out goes to her in that she has survived this. She has done this. She is ready to move on and she's ready to kick ass. And shout out goes to her for being strong enough to make her way through this because cancer is not an easy thing to go through. Going through all of the chemo and everything that she went through for five weeks, good on her for getting out of it and being ready to go on to having a good life outside of it. Blue? Uh, just, I mean, just really a big, a big shout out to everyone who is actively, you know, <clears throat> in some way or fashion or form or whatever, you know, who is trying to either write your own story, write a story, you know, or participate in a story. If you're, you know, just the, the, the process of imagination is such a powerful process that I think doesn't get a lot of emphasis in today's world. And it, it's kind of sad because it really... It, it really does help with, you know, whether it's mental illness, with, uh, with your, with your feelings of, you know, community, uh, you know, all this stuff, it, it's, it's something that's really powerful. And so for those who, who put themselves out on a limb to, you know, do that, I think that's really, really powerful. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, obviously we, we here with focus fire, uh, we, are constantly giving a shout out to the narrative team of destiny, not just the narrative team, but the whole team of destiny for Mm -hmm. the world that they have created, the story that they are telling, Um, you know, the same for any video game that you enjoy. There, there's a huge, huge number of people, both past, present, and even future who will continue building that universe and constructing that universe that you lose yourself in. And that's a really big, you know, that for me, that's a, that's a big part of my life in general. Um, so just a really big shout out to really just all of that, all, all the people who fall within that giant group, which is basically everyone to be fair. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's just my my general shout out. Um, as has become our new my new tradition because Green forced me to make up one. I wanted to yay thank you for your time. And until next time, remember: <laughs> with wisdom we conquer. Stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.